0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at that's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Weed 6
1: preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by, why, my bookie, of course. Remember, guys, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. So that's why when anybody asks, I always say, go with my bookie. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business forever. They've had great reviews online, and their mobile site is so easy to use. Now, that is why I'm urging you to make your way over to my bookie. You win, and they pay. It's as simple as that. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. They are currently being slammed with new bettors and want to give everyone the best service possible. And if you're willing to make a deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern, they'll give you an additional $25 in free play on deposits over $100. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar by using promo code BEARS25 to activate the offer. So visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code BEARS25 when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. And if you're willing to hold out until after 7, you'll get that extra $25. So there you have it. MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. This week... On the Bears Talk Underground. After a short hibernation during the bye week, our beloved have awoken from their slumber and are back at work, preparing to extend their three-game winning streak and keep their spot atop the NFC North when they travel to South Florida to take on the Dolphins on Sunday. Can the Bears pick up where they left off against Tampa, or will they suffer another Dolphins hangover? Kevin Nogle from SB Nation's Finsiders joins us on the Week 6 Preview episode of the bears talk underground it's the first out. of four straights against the afc east and what should be an interesting stretch for our beloved and it will close out the second half or the, excuse me the second quarter of the schedule in uh, in the next few weeks what's going on everybody Larry D. back for the week six preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And uh, thank you to everyone who joined me on my special uh, episode uh, earlier this week with my talk with uh, Jeff Perlman. Uh, I was very proud uh, of the interview. I thought it went really, really well. Got a lot of great feedback from everybody, and uh, including a few of you, uh, making commitments to go ahead and buy Jeff's book, uh, Football for a Buck, The Crazy Rise and Crazier Demise of the USFL. It is a uh, It's a page turner. Ah, uh, for sure. It was a lot of fun to read and even more fun to actually talk to the man himself uh, who wrote it. So it was a great pleasure of mine to have him on the show. and um, hopefully we have a reason to do it again sometime in the uh, in the future. It was a lot of fun. But here we are back to business with the Bears talk underground, talking about our beloved uh, Chicago Bears, as I said in the open, looking to extend their f- through three game winning streak, you know, after the debacle in Green Bay, three straight victories for our beloved. Heading into the bye, and here we are. Like I said, the first of four straight uh, against the AFC East in a stretch that um, sets up favorably uh, for the Bears. I mean, um, you might be worried a little bit about what might happen on the road because uh, out of the four performances we've had thus far, the road games were the troubling ones. Obviously, the, the first one against Green Bay on the road and then week three against Arizona, that really shaky start at the beginning and then having to claw our way back. To only win, you know, a two-point ball game uh, over the Cardinals, so not our best performances in those eight quarters of football. Um, we've uh, so far this year we play our best football at the at home in the friendly confines uh, of Soldier Field, but we'll see how things go for us on Sunday uh, in Miami, despite the fact that we will be wearing those god awful orange jerseys. I've made threats uh, that. Um, I would not call the Chicago Bears the Chicago Bears this week that um, in 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 total protest of the orange jerseys I would only refer to them as the Windy City Pumpkins but uh, I'd like to be that petty but I'm not going to be so our beloved traveled down to Florida on Sunday to take on the Dolphins and um, having Kevin Nogle on here in just a few moments I talked to Kevin last night uh, good conversation um, had a lot of fun talking about uh, <laughs> we had a moment uh, in the, towards the, I think, the middle uh, of the time. To- mean, actually, maybe towards the end, like three quarters in, um, where he talks about uh, Adam Gase possibly giving up the play calling duties and uh, who he said might be in contention to take them over. Should he do that, uh, set me off. It uh, it was a, it was an ugly moment, uh, one that I wish I could have back for the. <laughs> Wait till you hear it. Wait till you hear it. Uh, you'll you'll enjoy that, and uh, you will also be reminded of who is out there in in Miami now, if you don't already know. So uh, that would be uh, a fun moment for for everyone because it's not one of those moments where I let my guest finish his thought and we moved on, and uh, you know, casually maybe I mentioned something. I like immediately reacted to what he said. Uh, his answer to my question, which was, "Well, if 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 Gase gives up the play calling duties, who will take them over?" You definitely want to hear that, so stick around for, uh, for that. But before we get to uh, Kevin and the, uh, uh, the Finnsiders and, and talking about the, uh, the Dolphins, uh, we got a few things we got to talk about here on our side of uh, things, uh, some news and notes. And um, um, I'm usually pretty good with details, uh, but I did not pick up on the fact that Mitch Trubisky was wearing an arm sleeve on his throwing arm uh against the the buccaneers week number four um i was reminded of it because the press can't stop talking about it now and asking him if he's going to keep wearing it is it his lucky sleeve now that kind of thing since uh he wore that uh you know how athletes are superstitious and and what have you and and uh wearing that sleeve um you know wasn't the cause of it but he was wearing that sleeve when he had the best day of his pro career and uh, Mitch Trubisky has confirmed for anyone concerned he will be wearing the the, the sleeve again uh, this coming Sunday against the Dolphins says that the uh, he wore it to cover up a cut that he suffered against the Seahawks week number two and then it reopened again uh, week three against the uh, Cardinals and um, he didn't want it to open up again against the uh, Buccaneers, so he wore a sleeve over the cut to protect it, and now all of a sudden it's, it's wardrobe that he can't live without uh, because he threw for six touchdowns, 354 yards, and a near-perfect quarterback rating on the day that he was wearing it. So uh, he says that he's gotten threats from teammates if he doesn't wear it, so he's going to do it just to keep the peace in the locker room if for no other uh, reason, so keep your eye on trubisky if he's wearing an orange one to match the jersey or if he's wearing the blue one that he wore on sunday against the bronc or the broncos i keep wanting to say broncos buccaneers uh, this past sunday that remains to be seen but nonetheless he will be wearing the sleeve uh pretty much now until it doesn't work anymore so we'll we'll, we'll keep a close eye uh on that uh speaking of things to keep a close eye on
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place.
1: Uh, the rumor mill is, is heating up. And uh, the rumor, of course, is surrounding our running back, Jordan Howard. Um, because uh, running back Jay Ajayi uh, t- uh, for the Eagles tore his ACL um, and is out for the season. And the Eagles, who are kind of struggling at this point, they're 2-3 and three right now, the defending champs are and uh, in desperate need of a running game because they don't have LeGarrette Blunt anymore. He's running the football in Detroit now. And with Jay Ajayi going down, I guess the cupboard is getting kind of bare uh, as far as running backs are concerned in Philadelphia. So there's been a lot of rumors about possible trade partners and and who the Philadelphia Eagles might reach out to to replace Jay Ajayi so they don't have a big hole in the middle of their offense uh, with their running game. And one of the candidates, thanks to John Clayton, uh, formerly of ESPN, said that um, one of the sleeper candidates as a trade partner for the Philadelphia Eagles would be the Chicago Bears when it comes to Jordan Howard. So I mean, granted, we, we talked about it with Lauren Cox um, over the uh, for the bye week review or the the first quarter review a couple of weeks, uh, actually last week. And you know, it wasn't so much that the Bears aren't using Jordan Howard, more so that they're not quite using him correctly. And uh, Matt Nagy came out this this past week saying that Jordan Howard is very much still a part of the offense. His his uh, lack of um, I don't want to say productivity, but um, I don't know. I'm, I'm blanking on what the word is, but the fact that he didn't uh, he wasn't as much of a contributor. Uh, against the Buccaneers was more of a a matchup thing than anything else uh, against the uh, against Tampa Bay so that's why Tariq Cohen was more the featured guy uh, against Tampa and seemed to be in there on on the more important plays uh, and such and um, I mean it's it's kind of funny to think about it because we talked about Jordan Howard 24 carries in that game so it's not like he wasn't playing he just wasn't making his mark uh, on Sunday And, and when we talked to Lauren about that it was the The Bears weren't really using Howard in the way that that he that best suits him. They were trying to get him on the outside and get him to turn the corner when he's more of a downhill between the tackles uh, kind of runner. So I don't I don't want the Bears to trade Jordan Howard. um, And it wouldn't have to be a ridiculous offer in order for me to be okay with it, because if they trade Jordan Howard for a fifth round pick, I'd be pissed. Uh, if, if you trade Jordan Howard and we can get the second round pick that we lost when we traded for Anthony Miller, then okay. Yeah, I can see that. That's a, uh, that's a high price to, 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 you know, to, to turn down, but, um, I, I, I don't see the bears doing it and I don't want them to, I didn't want them to do it when it, when it meant we could get Jarvis Landry from the dolphins when he was still a dolphin, uh, during the off season and or anything like that. I, I like Jordan Howard. And uh, I just think that uh, once the proper matchup comes around, Jordan Howard's going to have that breakout game and everybody can calm down. So, um, you know, the rumor mills are just that. Rumors, the Bears aren't going to trade Jordan Howard. I would be stunned uh, if they did. Um, in roster news, um, the Bears finally filled the spot uh, for Sam Acho, uh, having to put him on injury reserve with that torn pectoral muscle. Uh, they signed offensive lineman Brian Witzman, uh, formerly of the Chiefs. I think he was with the, the Vikings earlier this year, and then he was let go. The Bears signed him to the main roster to fill the spot left behind by Sam Acho when he had to go on to injured uh, reserve. So we got another backup offensive lineman uh, on the uh, on the team, and it comes uh, just in time as I'm looking at our uh, injury report here, and uh, Eric Cush is on the injury report with a neck injury, Uh, He's been limited in practice the first two days uh, this week uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. Prince of Mukamura was limited with the hamstring injury that kept him out against Tampa Bay. Marcus Cooper, however, also a hamstring injury, has not practiced yet. And here's some good news, folks. Anthony Miller was listed as full participation on Wednesday off of the injury report today on Thursday. So that's pretty much as good as penciling him right in uh, to play against the Dolphins Uh, On Sunday. So only four guys on the injured list. And actually, if you want to be technical about it, there's only three because Anthony Miller was not on the injured list uh, today. The Dolphins, on the other hand, are either one of the most honest teams in football or they are severely banged up because there is a plethora of Dolphins on this injured list. Uh, Outside linebacker Chase Allen, uh, Andre Branch, a defensive end, AJ Derby, a tight end. And Jakeem Grant, a wide receiver. Devontae Parker, wide receiver. Kevin and I will talk about him in just a few moments. All limited in practice both days so far this week. Um, I already talked about Andre Branch. Frank Gore didn't practice today, but it's not injury related, so I guess we won't worry about that one. Free safety Rashad Jones had a shoulder injury, but he's been full participation so far this week. Um, Let's see, Bobby McCain... Cornerback, knee injury, has not practiced yet this week. Uh, TJ McDonald is full participation, a safety. Um, Robert Quinn was out of practice yesterday, non injury related, so they probably gave him a day off there. um, Let's see. Laramie Tunzel. That's the guy that's going to get a lot of attention from the Bears if he plays on Sunday. We talk about him uh, with Kevin because he's their starting left tackle and. When he went down last week against the Bengals, that's where things went sideways for the Dolphins all of a sudden. When he got hurt last week, they were up 17 to nothing. And then after he went down late in the third quarter, the Bengals went on a 27-point explosion, ended up winning that game 27 to 17, and that seemed to be the turning point when he left the game with a concussion. He's been limited both days in practice this week. I haven't heard if he's cleared uh, concussion protocol just yet so he's not a guarantee to play but he has been practicing so that's a good sign as far as dolphins uh, are concerned uh, Ryan Tannehill their starting quarterback has been full participation but he's on the report with a shoulder injury and Cameron Wake their dynamic defensive end has not practiced yet this week with a knee injury so he's not looking good for uh suiting up against the Bears uh, on on Sunday but that's I think I even missed a few guys but yeah That's plenty. That's uh, a lot of guys on the Dolphins. They look pretty banged up uh, at the moment. And um, let's see. Do I have anything else? Talked about the injuries. Jordan Howard, Mitch Trubisky. I think we're good for now. So uh, I think that will do it for the news and notes. Um, I'm looking forward to this game because I can't wait to see our team back out on the field. I want to see how they're going to respond, react, you know, return. Uh, on Sunday against the uh against the the Dolphins. It's like I said in in the open, will they pick up where they left off or will it just be another Dolphins hangover because we do not have a good history against the Miami Dolphins. So we'll uh we'll have to wait and see uh on that. So why don't we go ahead and bring in uh, Kevin Nogle from Finsiders and SB Nation and preview this game. Week 6 Bears at Dolphins. <laughs> You know, it only happens once every four years, thanks to the rotation in the NFL schedule. The Bears are playing the Dolphins uh, on Sunday, and it's uh, it's a mixed bag because we as uh, Bear fans have a very jaded history with the Dolphins. They always seem to come in and, and pop up at times that uh, they're in the best position to ruin what we've got going on. They, they killed our undefeated streak in 85 in 2006. The other year we went to the Super Bowl, they beat us again when we were unbeaten. And here we are, riding high after one of our best victories in a long time. We're heading down to Miami to take over and take on uh, take on the Dolphins. And here to uh, help us preview this ball game, Kevin Nogle from FinSiders on SB Nation. Kevin, welcome back to the show, friend.
0: Hey, thanks very much. And uh, where was that last Super Bowl you guys were in? Where was that held?
1: Oh, you bastard! It was in Miami,
0: in, <laughs> in,
1: uh, in the stadium where this game is taking place. That's. Uh, <laughs> Shots fired, everybody! Shots game game fired!
0: Too. Yeah, that was what, the rain game.
1: It was the only one, isn't
0: it? Isn't that like the only yeah. bad
1: weather Super Bowl ever?
0: Yep. And Prince out there playing Purple Hay or Purple Rain in the rain. Yeah. And, uh yeah, that was a good game. One of the
1: one of the all time great halftime shows. Actually, yeah. so that was probably the one thing that went right for me that night was enjoying the <laughs> halftime show. But um, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. By the way, that was. Yeah. Awesome.
0: I just. I just you, I, I was going to bring up 85, but you did that already. So I got a shot in there somewhere.
1: Well, the, here's the the other thing is the last time that the Bears were in Miami was a Thursday night game where we shut the Dolphins out. So I'm hoping that history will repeat itself back in two It was 2010 uh, that that happened. Uh, so maybe that'll be something that, uh, that occurs. I mean,
0: that wouldn't. No, be. the Dolphins have this high-powered offense that, scored like 24 points in the past two weeks um yeah
1: (laughs) well I mean the Bears and the Dolphins have something in common this year in the fact that they both had some pretty epic fourth quarter collapses this year I mean the uh, the only real difference is the Bears did theirs on national television so uh that you know at least only a regional audience got to watch the Dolphins (laughs) Do their thing against the Bengals on on Sunday, but what went sideways with the with the with the Bengals game? You guys are up seventeen to nothing. It looks like you're you're kind of in cruise control there, and then all of a sudden, twenty seven unanswered points, and you go from being four and one heading into this game to being three and two and on a two game losing streak. All of a sudden,
0: yeah, I, it really came down to Laramie Tunsell, left tackle, mm. uh, sustained a concussion, went into the concussion protocol, and as soon as he was gone the offense just fell apart and the Dolphins have a new center and a new left guard from their opening day lineup. Uh, Josh sitting at left guard and Daniel Kilgore at center are out. Travis Swanson is in at center. Ted Larson is playing left guard. Mm. And so you already have basically 40% of your offensive line, not the guys you wanted. And then you lost your left tackle too. So from center to left tackle, was completely new, and that offensive line could not withstand anything. So when you look at the final score, you take out the 14 points that came off of a weird pick six where Ryan Tannehill tried to just ground the ball at a tight end's feet, and somehow it hit him in the helmet and bounced straight to a defender, and then a strip fumble that bounced straight to a defender, and both of those went for uh, four points. You end up with 14 points that the Dolphins gave up on offense, so the defense did its job. But yeah, once that offensive line was down to two first day starters and three new guys from center to left tackle, it just became a mess.
1: Yeah, I heard that um, that you guys are down to two of the original five starters for the season. What's uh, what's Tunzel's status for uh, for for Sunday at this point? I mean,
0: he was limited in practice today. Um, that's a good sign, I think. I mean, normally when you get the concussion, the first thing you see is did not practice, did not practice, then they become limited, and then they miss a game, and then they're limited for another practice or two before they finally clear everything. So the mm-hmm. fact that he's already limited, maybe it's a good sign, but we're still waiting on concussion protocol at this point.
1: Right, and probably won't hear about that until Friday or something like that. But, yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I was uh, just looking at the – at the stats and, and you know, you guys look um, like Gore and, and Howard are pretty much the same as far as yardage, but Gore is better at um yards per carry. Cause he's got fewer, he's got like one less yard than Jordan Howard, but also like twenty twenty 20 fewer carries. How is the running game going with this offensive line being banged up?
0: If the dolphins stick with the run, it actually works really well. Uh, we got away from it last week. We saw them get away from it last week when the offensive line did get banged up and Tunsell was out. So we'll see what happens this week. I would expect them to continue to try to stick with it, continue to try to force it to work because the offense is so built around that running game working and then the play action pass opening, opening up things for Tannehill and if they can't get the running game going, it, it puts so much stress onto Tannehill and the receivers. So I would expect to see them stick with the run as much as they can. Adam Gase is a fast, a pass-first guy. You guys know that up there.
1: Yep. He
0: is a pass-first guy, but uh, they, they they purposely have coaches that are there to go, Hey, Adam, you haven't run the ball in a while. Get back to the run. And so they try to force him to remember that they have the running game. It's really interesting because Kenyon Drake is supposed to be the number one guy, but it definitely looks like Frank Gore is the number one guy right now. And he is getting more carries and he's doing really well, especially given the fact that he's a billion years old.
1: <laughs> right. He actually, he's getting up there. That's definitely for sure. I mean, if he's one of the few guys still remaining from his draft class, it's gotten down to that point. So, um yeah he's definitely a, a bit long in the tooth that's for sure um
0: especially as a running back
1: yeah absolutely yeah i mean you you thought that uh, him signing with the colts that was the beginning of the end it's an old guy playing on a on a bad football team i mean this has to be the end right and instead he signs with the dolphins uh this year and uh you know the guy's got the fountain of he youth got, or something going on cuz he Yeah he
0: away. got to come home and he gets to play in Miami back at home so this is probably his last stop, but he still looks good.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Um, so let's talk about your 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 passing game because this is a a I mean, when we talked earlier in the summer, we we talked about that the the Dolphins were were purging a lot. You got rid of Jarvis Landry. You also made so you you got rid of Indomik and Sue and 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 other guys. You know, tossed out of this uh locker room and and it was a a a talent purge uh and but one that kind of made the the dolphins you know not look that great or coming into the year and yet you start three and oh you beat the titans uh week one and you know you've got some they got a couple other good wins in there as 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 well so you know what's left of the receiving core i know you got you you let go of jarvis landry and you picked up albert wilson but you know and you say that you're a pass first team so the wide receiving core must be doing pretty well then
0: They've actually looked really good. Um, Devontae Parker, who should be a number one receiver, but has been a frustration since he was drafted. He's hasn't really been there. He played one game so far this year. Uh, He broke a finger in a weird. He got a finger stuck into a shoulder pad during practice in training camp, and it broke his middle finger. So it was really weird. He came back for one game, and then he injured a quadricep, and he's missed two games because of that. So it's weird with him, but when you look at Kenny Stills is probably, if he's not the prototypical number one guy like you want Parker to be, Kenny Stills is probably the number one guy because he's the most sure-handed, targeted chemistry with Ryan Tannehill type guy. So Kenny Stills does really well. You have Danny Amendola coming out of the slot. He's playing like a slot receiver should. Um, He's not Jarvis Landry. Nobody wants him to be Jarvis Landry. They want him to be that go out there, sit in the middle of the field, and make that sure catch type guy. Mm-hmm. And he's doing that really well. Uh, Brandon Albert, and uh, I'm sorry, what did I say? Brandon Albert. Albert <laughs> Wilson. Wow. It's like
1: Brandon Albert. When did that happen?
0: <laughs> These weird Kansas City Chiefs, Albert Wilson, Brandon yeah. Albert. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> so. Albert Wilson um, and Jakeem Grant have this speed that if the Dolphins can get the running game and go back to that play action, if they can get the running game going, those guys can streak down the field and Tannehill can throw the deep ball and have success. So the receivers are doing well. They're missing a piece. It's probably Devontae Parker being that intermediate guy or getting Mike Gesicki as the rookie tight end, getting him more involved in the passing game. And rookie tight ends never have giant first years. So there's frustration that he's not having a giant first year, but it's also understandable.
1: Sure, sure. And, and uh, Tannehill not really showing any rust coming off of uh, missing an entire season uh, with the knee injury?
0: He actually has looked pretty decent. There's been a few throws, especially in preseason and then the first couple games where you're just like, oh, what was that? Um, these last couple games, there have been throws again that he's missed, but it feels more like we're at the point where he's trying to make something happen, realizing that they're getting blown out by the Patriots or they're falling behind a team they were up 17 nothing on in Cincinnati. So it feels like he's trying to force some things. He's always been a, a quarterback who you get – if you have a clean pocket, he's going to do great things. But if he gets a little bit of pressure, he starts trying to force it and starts trying to rush it, and that's where you get problems. So having an offensive line that's falling apart and having no run game, you, you end up with him making mistakes.
1: Yeah, that that little phrase there at the end, uh, that was uh, that was uh, something that would probably make Bear fans salivate uh, a little bit. You have no running game. you, do you guys have a,
0: have a pass rusher?
1: Uh, we 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 have one. Yeah, we 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 got one, and it, it's uh I've, You know, you I may heard, have heard of him. I, you may have. I, don't, I heard I don't know. Gruden
0: tell us that it's hard to find a pass rusher, so I didn't know the Bears had managed to find one.
1: Yeah, uh, we, <laughs> it wasn't so much that we managed to find him. It Gruden actually gave him to us, and oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's amazing because <laughs> I mean, dude, that's just the uh, gift that keeps on giving. As far as Gruden uh, just keeps talking about Khalil Mack and you know, like wondering out loud to the press. Like, I don't know I guess, why we I, can't get a pass rush going. It's like, what are you nuts, yeah. dude? Are you really saying I this out
0: loud? It. Yeah. It's been it's been fun just from the outside looking at it. I know Bears fans are loving it. And I know this week Dolphins fans are looking at Khalil Mack going, oh God, we have a banged up offensive line. This is going to be a problem.
1: Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, the Bears had a pretty good defense before. We added Mac to it. And having Mac as part of this defense has basically amplified everyone else's abilities uh, this year, which is the real reason why Bear fans would salivate when they hear that possibly only two of the five offensive linemen that started the year are, are going to play against the Bears on Sunday. They don't have a running game and their quarterback panics under pressure. I mean, that's just uh, something that, uh, you know, we Bear fans would be just a tad bit excited about because, you know, the, here's here's the tale of the tape on, on Mack and, and what he's been able to do so far. Week two against the Seattle Seahawks, we ravaged Russell Wilson. We sacked him six times. Khalil Mack only did it once. So, I mean, we got two sacks out of Danny Trevathan. We got, you know, Hakeem Hicks, Roy Robertson-Harris. I mean, everybody else around Khalil Mack was making plays. I mean, there was a play where Mack collapsed the pocket so that Russell Wilson had to step up into it. Into the waiting arms of our nose tackle Eddie Goldman. It was the easiest sack of Goldman's career. So I mean, that's the kind of stuff that that Khalil Mack is doing. Stuff that technically doesn't show up on the uh, on the stat sheet is the stuff that he's having an impact with. We played four games so far. He's got four strip sacks. So will he be able to extend that on Sunday? Will be an interesting thing to discover.
0: Yeah, it feels like looking back to and. Granted, I won't say he's past his prime yet, even though he's having a slow start to the season and he missed the last game, and I don't know what his status will be for this game, but Cameron Wake in his prime sounds a lot like that. He was a guy that he was putting pressure on a quarterback, and if he wasn't getting there, he was probably forcing that quarterback into somebody else. Right. So you guys enjoy that while you have it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of your your defense, I I was – listening to a, a friend of mine's uh, uh podcast and they were talking with the dolphins or talking with the dolphins guy today and uh was saying that the the run defense for the dolphins has been pretty good so far this year
0: it actually has uh that was probably the biggest concern with indomitian Sioux leading and right. they weren't great against the run with him so losing him was seen as this is going to be a problem but the dolphins are doing a great job and it it comes back to injuries. Again, Cameron wake, Andre branch, William Hayes is out for the year. Um, They just released Jordan Phillips because he's never been a consistent player. And now he wants to blow up at coaches on the sideline about his playing time. So they've had a shakeup at the um, defensive line, but they've done a really good job this year of just rotating guys in. So everybody's always fresh. And it may be a passing situation where you think Cameron Wake should be in there, and they don't have him in there. They have Charles Harris in there instead, simply because they want to make sure everybody stays fresh for the whole game. So they've done a really good job with that. And then Rayquan McMillan, in what is essentially his rookie year, because he was out all of last year with a torn ACL, he's actually starting to come around. Uh, Kiko Alonso, he's playing more of a traditional middle linebacker in terms of making sure everybody is set, being the play caller on defense, doing all that kind of stuff so that Raquan can focus more on just playing. But Kiko is back to more of a run stopper than a pass coverage linebacker. He's still covering tight end. We randomly saw him in this game downfield at one point because a coverage got blown and he suddenly ended up picking up A.J. Green. Never a good situation, but it no. kind of worked. Huh. but so there's there's weirdness still happening but uh Kiko is playing more of the run defense Jerome Baker is stepping up now and starting to find his game so they are getting there they're playing well against the run I think they can get better but they definitely are playing well
1: they also seem to have a penchant for uh interceptions you know the the defense <laughs> is leading the league with 10 so far in in five games that's I mean two and two games are two Two picks a, a game uh, through five is pretty good.
0: Yeah, they're they're definitely playing ball hawk defense right now. Uh, Rashad Jones uh, has always been a ball hawk, strong safety, which seems weird because he's such a in-the-box, run-stopping safety. But at the same time, if you put him in coverage, he's going to go make a play on the ball, and he can probably come down with it. And now you've added Davian Howard, who is looking really, really good as a shut-down cornerback. He's not a name people know yet, but he is a really, really strong cornerback. And then you add in Minka Fitzpatrick, who is doing everything that the Dolphins could want from him. They put him in the nickel. They put him on the boundary. They put him back at free safety. They've had him line up like a linebacker at times. So they're moving him around, and he's doing all of it. And it's weird because – You always expect that guy to come in and have that learning curve as a rookie, and he hasn't. He has just been, from day one, I got my assignment, let's go. And he's really impressive. He's going to be a star in this league, assuming the Dolphins ever start winning and so people start noticing the Dolphins.
1: Well, I mean, that was the thing about Minka Fitzpatrick when he got drafted. I mean, he he was drafted number 11 overall, and he was cited as one of the truly top talents in the league but you know because he bounced around so much at alabama he kind of was uh, uh labeled as a master of or, or a jack of all trades but master of none kind of thing and then you tell me that the dolphins are literally doing that with him spreading yeah, him out all over the field are. and and moving into different positions so they're kind of just like playing to the strength he's not going to be a free safety for every snap maybe we're going to move him up to the line of scrimmage and he'll be a, a hybrid like at the uh, Buchanan type of guy or then we'll put him out in the slots and then maybe we'll have him out wide or something like that and it, it, it's kind of um, you know as he progresses throughout his career to be one of those guys you have to identify where he is on the field at all times
0: yeah I think that's what they're going for I think eventually he settles down into a free safety type of role but yeah they definitely are looking at where is our weakness how can Minka fit how can Minka fit that weakness and help us and they're putting him there because the plan coming into the season was he was going to be a third safety, and they would play a lot of three-safety-type looks. And then nobody could claim a second outside cornerback position. Xavier Howard had one, but nobody seemed to want the other one. Cordray Tankersley had problems with it. Uh Tory McIntyre, who's actually coming on now and is playing really well, but he was a guy that nobody knew, and suddenly he started getting in there. They had um, – uh, they've had, I'm blanking on name right now, but a guy they released because of injury during the off season, he was supposed to be in there and they, uh, they, they just never found anybody that could take it. So at the end of the day, they ended up going, well, Bobby McCain, you have to move from nickel corner out to the outside. Now, how do we fill the nickel corner spot? And that's where Minko, okay, that's yours now. And so he started the year primarily there, but now they are starting to move him around a lot more and you're seeing him make plays because of it.
1: Does he have any of the 10 interceptions?
0: Uh he picked off his first pass this past week. No, I'm sorry, it was 2 weeks ago. It was against Brady. He picked off his first pass against Brady. Oh,
1: not a bad way to start. Nice job. Yep. So what happened in that Patriots game? I mean, you 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 come out, you got the three solid wins to so you know, you're 3 and 0, you're a surprise team uh out of the gates and then you go to Foxborough and I personally was expecting, you know, something a bit more competitive after you know the turd that the Patriots laid against the, the Lions the week before on national television, and it was um, it was not not at all thirty eight to seven being the final score in that one.
0: And that seven came after they pulled Tannehill and most of the starters, and Brock Osweiler somehow went in there and scored. Hmm. So I don't know. I just I I couldn't even tell you. It was like the team didn't even get off the plane. They just they came out on the first drive, they hit a 22 yard pass and then they did nothing else after that on offense. And the defense actually tried to play pretty well, but it was three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And the defense just got worn down and you can't do that against Brady. So I think part of it was Brady did not want to have three straight losses. He didn't want to fall behind the dolphins by three games, essentially. And, then suddenly they came out on fire and the Dolphins got punched in the mouth and never responded.
1: So was it more of a, like the Patriots have your number kind of thing? Or was it I just think, a
0: really bad day? I think probably both. I mean, yeah. the Dolphins haven't won in Foxborough in forever. Um, just going into Foxborough is tough enough for the Dolphins. They can play the Patriots well in Miami, but they can't do it in Foxborough. So the Patriots definitely have the Dolphins number. And then I think it was – I think it was just – and the good thing was everybody played badly. So it wasn't, oh, this guy played badly and they lost, and later in the year we'll have that guy play badly. It was like the whole team just went, nope, we're taking a bye week this week, and everybody played badly. So hopefully – and granted, now we have the second loss right after that, but hopefully – they are able to rebound and put that behind them and that's the only truly bad game they have.
1: Right. Um kind of like um you know ironically sounding like what happened with the Bears and the the Buccaneers is like I I know that the Buccaneers aren't aren't world beaters but I know that they were a hell of a lot better football team than the one that showed up to Soldier Field uh you know a couple of weeks ago. I mean I I right. thought the Bears could win if they could limit what what the you know what fits magic and those guys were capable of with their big plays on on offense but if you'd have told me the final score was going to be 48 to 10 I'd have told you the Tampa Bay kicked our ass
0: <laughs> yeah it uh it definitely that that game you're, you're right it it kind of felt the same way I just I don't know what the Dolphins did they just they got out there and they never showed up
1: <laughs> yeah those are those are hard games to sit through aren't they
0: Oh, it was, it was, it was interesting because now we have the collapse as the Mm. second comparison. So it was, which was worse. And I think it was the Patriots game because at least Mm. with the Bengals game and a collapse, you were in the game and you can pinpoint, okay, what happened in the Patriots game? You just sit there and you're like, they really didn't get off the plane. They could have put 22 dudes out there and just said, Hey, go play football for 60 minutes.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that's. Yeah, I mean, I've I've often you know I've argued with with people or you know former teammates when I you know back from my playing days, um, the um, my senior my my junior year, um, we made it to the semifinals, so we're one game away from state, and the team came uh, came and played us, and we just we got housed in the second half. I mean, they just smoked us in the second half, but we knew the entire fourth quarter we were going to lose this game, kind of thing. It was a, a blowout in in the in the second half. Then a year later, in my senior year, we lost the game on the last play. And I will argue until I'm in my grave that I would much rather prefer to lose in a blowout than I would to have to deal with the soul-crushing moment of losing the game on the last play. I I would just think that. that you're in it until the very last moment. I would much rather just know the game is over. They were better than us today. You know, we'll get them next time kind of thing rather than like we got it we got it we got it we got it no that's it we lost damn it you know i would as far as you know what what i went through emotionally on those two different days you know both were heartbreaking losses but the one where we got beat by 30 points was much easier to swallow than it was to lose by 2 points on the last play of the game
0: yeah i can definitely see that especially on the field and sitting there going okay we're in this we're in this and no we're not yeah
1: yeah. So, I mean, I would take, I mean, as far as a, as being a fan, it is, it is difficult to to choose. I mean, I don't know which one would be, I mean, I, I guess the, the, the blowout loss to the Patriots would be easy to write off. This was a bad day. We just didn't show up. It's Brady and the Patriots. This happens, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, and also because I can relate to what happened to you guys last week, because I watched it happen to my team week one, we had, we had the, Packers by the throat literally got they were booed off the field at halftime I could not believe my ears what I was hearing Lambo booed the Packers yeah. off the field at halftime and then you know literally held them clean until the fourth quarter and then it just went all went off the rails completely in in the fourth quarter and next thing you know it went from let's just get through these last 15 minutes and get out of here to what the hell just happened
0: <laughs> I just, I yeah uh and I go back and forth. I really do because you're right. You can sit there and go, okay, the Patriots, the Dolphins in Foxborough. There, there's mitigating circumstances here, so maybe I can understand it. And it's a bad week. And then the next week, go out there and you get that 17 nothing lead, and it felt great. And then it all fell apart, and it was like, okay, now what do I do? So either way, you can't be wrong. And it, it's sad that we're discussing which hurts more. <laughs> It'd mean, be much yeah, better to I mean, turn that around. Hey, which win was best? But yeah. that's where the Dolphins are right now. Which which loss hurts more?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a – even though we are 3-1, and one, it very much has been an up-and-down road for the Bears uh, as well. I mean, I heard Matt Nagy say in an interview, we've got three victories and we won three different ways. You know, we had the one – we, we had the lead and held on to it to win – the we win over Seattle. The one where we got off to a slow start and had to come back and win against Arizona. And then the one where everything absolutely went right. And we blew the other team out in the game against Tampa Bay. So they're figuring out different ways to win. And they also, you know, had to learn a hard lesson against the, the Packers in, in, in week one. So it's been a crazy year and we squeezed a lot into these first four games. And, you know, people were thinking that the early buy would be a bad thing, but, um,
0: I thought that our buy ended up
1: being in just the right place for this team.
0: Yeah, I just I, – uh, I don't know. It just was so painful these past two weeks. And I think that the funniest part about the whole thing is probably the fact that the Dolphins are still 3-2. Yeah. They're still a winning team. They're still in first place or they're tied for first place. The Patriots have them by the tiebreaker, but they're tied for first place in the AFC East. The wheels have not completely fallen off, but it definitely feels like it sometimes.
1: Yeah, to have a blowout loss and then to 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 have it one pulled away from you. And then, you know, people looking at your your schedule. Week one, you beat the Titans. Okay, great. That's week one. And then you got the Raiders and the Jets. Not exactly two world beaters there and you know, then you play the, the Patriots and you lose big and you're like, oh, OK, will the real Dolphins please stand up kind of thing. And then, you know, you have a half and a six and one hand half a dozen in the other day against the Bengals. And and there are a lot of questions yeah. about which team are we supposed to which team do we believe in here? Are the, are the Dolphins pretenders or contenders? Are they are they the ones that are going to challenge the Patriots this year? Or are they going yep. to be like the Chiefs of twenty seven, twenty eighteen Where they get off to this undefeated start, and then all of a sudden just kind of disappear into obscurity.
0: Yeah, it's and and nobody knows at this point. It's just such a weird feeling. And what'll be interesting is, I think if I'm right on your guys' schedule, you play the AFC East the next four games. Yes,
1: we do. Yeah, we're starting with go.
0: Yeah, you go Dolphins, Jets, Bills, Patriots, or something like that, right?
1: Ah uh, we got Dolphins Patriots jets bills, so we got we got Brady okay. and Company next week,
0: yeah, so that'll be interesting as you guys come out of that. It would be interesting to talk to you then and go, okay, now what do you see out of the AFC East
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I mean it's okay. it's uh I mean on on the outside, looking in, it's not ridiculous to think the Bears could go three and one in this stretch, a two and two is also likely just because. We're we're a snake bit franchise when it comes to the Dolphins. They always seem to be able to 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 figure us out one way uh, or the other. I mean, like I mentioned before, our last trip to Miami was a good one, but that was eight years ago, and that was our last playoff team was in 2010. So I mean, yeah, you know, who knows what what could happen now and then? Like we just talked about a moment ago, the the questions surrounding the Dolphins. Which team are we going to? To see the ones that that managed to beat the Titans Week One, and the Titans are looking pretty good right now, or you know the 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 one that just got blown away by the by two good football teams and the Patriots and the and the Bengals. So yeah. you know, they, what's really going on? there?
0: definitely they're definitely a question mark at this point, and I wish I could give you some sort of idea because watching this team and trying to go back and look at the film and try to figure out what it was, other than Laramie Tunsil going out. There's not a lot of questions, not a lot of answers to questions right now.
1: Yeah, that's that's not a lot of fun when when you can't quite pinpoint what it is that's uh, that's plaguing the uh, the team. You know, to, especially when those performances came back to back the way they did.
0: Right. At least the the one good thing is, at least I can't pinpoint it and go. It's Jay Cutler. <laughs>
1: well, hey, Jay Cutler beat the Patriots last year, though, didn't he?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: But that but, was also in uh, Miami, wasn't it?
0: Yes. Yep. Okay.
1: Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, one good thing he did last year was he beat the Patriots. Uh, so yeah, and then he didn't come back. So we also him. did that for you. <laughs> uh, uh, he's just—he's uh, on uh, now, na- you know, reality television, being awkward for everyone now. So yeah. I mean, it's—he's uh, doing what they come. Which Jacob is so does. much fun to watch yeah i can't make myself <laughs> do it i've never been a reality tv guy this is just not enough i just, i couldn't do it you know I i've
0: watched it. like clips like fast forward through an episode just to see where he's on and then stop and watch that part and then fast forward again but <laughs> no it's fun because he is so awkward yeah
1: yeah i it it makes you wonder exactly how it was he was able to pull a cutie like uh christina cavalier <laughs> whatever the hell her name is so i mean you know it's like how does that guy Get that girl, like I, I don't get it. I mean, is it an opposite attracts thing? Because they couldn't be more different from each other. So, but uh anyway, back to football. Um, so I mean, but you, you know, we're year three for for Adam GaSe, and, and when we talked over the summer, it's like you know this is pretty much the the first team that's pretty much all his because he's gotten rid of guys like Landry and Indomik and You thought in an effort to take better control of the of the locker room. He got two of the more volatile guys out of it. And, you know, how are things looking now? I mean, how are people looking at Gase now, especially after these last two weeks?
0: After the last two weeks, it's been a lot of, he needs to give up the play calling. And I can see that to some degree that the play calling has been suspect. A lot of people point to, it was a third and one and they went deep to Kenny stills instead of just giving it to Frank Gore and letting him get the one yard. Um, Looking at that play, I really think Ryan Tannehill checked out of a run and looked at the um, defense and said, "We've got a deep shot here," and he took it. Which it's funny because if they had gone, if they had run it for half a yard and hadn't picked it up, fans would have been like, "You need to be more aggressive and go after them." So I get it. There's always the hindsight is always 2020, and there's always frustration. I will say. He has called some games lately where you're just like, "What are you doing?" And part of that may be the running game isn't there, so he's trying to stick to the short passing game to make up for it. But it just it feels like the offense is missing something, and maybe that is Devontae Parker, like I said, with that intermediate route. But it just it the offense is stagnant right now. Something needs to sh- be shaken up, and if it's giving up the play calling by Adam Gase, maybe that's what it is. I I don't know, but um overall there are fans that are ready to move on again and it feels like that this is about the time every three years that Dolphins fans get to the point of hey we need a new coach so it's becoming more vocal after every loss it usually does we're also seeing a lot of the Ryan Tannehill is a garbage quarterback why is he still playing in this league type comments come out from fans but I think at the end of the day Ryan Tannehill is a Ryan Tannehill is Alex Smith Ryan Tannehill is the guy that is a good starter above average, maybe not somebody that can pick up a team and carry it. But if you give him the weapons and you give him the time, he can win football games and get you to the playoffs. You don't get rid of Alex Smith until you have Patrick Mahomes. And that's where the dolphins I think are right now. I think that's the same thing with Adam Gase. He is going to be a really good head coach. He's still finding himself. It is only year three. And we can look at year two as a throwaway year when he lost. Really, it was—I think it was twelve starters ended up on uh, injured reserve with like another three or four key um, key contributors. So there were more people on injured reserve than there were on the practice squad last year. It was ridiculous. And this year, it's not getting any better for some reason.
1: Yeah, I mean, who would take over play calling duties if you were to give them up?
0: I guess Dal Logans.
1: Oh God, no, you don't want I that guess.
0: to happen. I that's, You don't that's want issue. that. Oh, God. I mean, you guys know you guys know where what, what we have in these oh. coaches. I, I I think he I think he I think it's him. Like, I don't know.
1: I you know, then it I would recommend highly that Adam Gase doesn't do that. I would just say <laughs> hang, hang on to the play calling duties, you know, make them pull that playbook out of his cold dead hands rather than hand it over to Dole <laughs> Loggins. I I do not recommend guys do that i completely forgot that no <laughs> Loggins was down there oh god help you yep. all it's uh yeah it's, it's not a good thing if you turn the book over to to logins that's not good at all so no good to know yeah no i would uh you know no you'll you'll be hearing from me if i hear that that happens it's like dude get ready because it's gonna you think the offense sucks now wait till this guy gets a hold of it good god yeah no i mean granted we didn't have a whole lot to work with uh last year but it was more about the way that he used personnel and the plays that he called and winning called them more than anything else so i mean the cupboard was bare but he didn't do a thing with what he had so i mean it was really yeah. really 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 bad uh last year so i mean you know speaking seriously now i don't think your offense will get any better if you turn the keys over to him it's 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 uh <laughs> i wouldn't trust him i really wouldn't so but um you know, so we, we got this game coming up on 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 Sunday. The offensive line may be an issue if Tunzel comes back. You guys got a better shot. What what what's the outlook for the Dolphins on Sunday? What do you think? It's uh, how are you looking at it?
0: I think that I think it really may come down to what the offensive line is able to do. Is Cameron wake back? It sounds like he's going to be, but he didn't practice, so it's still a question mark there. I think that. You have you have a big question mark with the Dolphins. And if they show up and are the team that showed up in week one and week two and the first half of the Bengals game, they can be something special. They can do some things. If they are the team that showed up in New England and in the fourth quarter against Cincinnati, you guys are going to have a field day. So if Laramie Tunsell's out of the concussion protocol, if uh, Cameron Wake is able to play. If Andre Branch is able to play, if Bobby McCain is able to play, and these are all guys that are either starters or, in Andre Branch's case, the number one reserve defensive end, you're looking at you're looking at a team that, depending on those guys, that's how they're going to play.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can feel that, and and I can tell you from from our perspective um Trubisky is is similar to Tannehill in in that he doesn't doesn't appear to handle uh pressure very well he moves around well in the pocket but he he he's he gets a little too happy with his feet makes bad decisions so if if your pass rush can make a dent you know it it, uh it could get interesting he he may make a mistake or two that will help you guys extend your lead in NFL interceptions uh for the year I mean he's uh he's not as bad as Jay Cutler as far as him just trying to make something out of nothing uh, with some of those uh, situations, but he, uh, he can, uh, he, he's, he's more of a guy that will try to force something like he, uh, for the, before the Tampa Bay game, my description of, of how Trubisky was playing was he would try to force it the guys that aren't open and he would miss guys that were wide open. And, you know, the Bears had all day and forever to, for, uh, for Trubisky to throw the ball on Sunday. He had his best day ever. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, it's really not rocket science when it comes to Trubisky. You give him the time to throw. He keeps his fundamentals. He'll find the receivers. He'll make the right decisions and the right throws. So, if the Dolphins can disrupt that, it could be, it would give you a guy's much better chance to, to win the game on Sunday.
0: And that's what's weird about Tannehill, too, is if you do it as a designed rollout and he's bootlegging the guy is incredibly accurate when he's on the run. But if it is a, I've got to get out of the pocket because it's collapsing. And now I'm trying to do a scramble drill. He suddenly loses. He either locks in on one receiver and tries to force them the ball, Mm. or he doesn't make the right decisions. He's, he looks deep when there's a guy wide open five yards away. He looks at the guy five yards away. And there's a guy open 10 yards down the field. He, He runs too close to the sideline and can't do anything with it and has to take it back it just it's weird when it's designed he can do it if he is off script you're a coin toss on what he's going to do with it
1: <laughs> yeah that's yeah it's uh it's uh i mean I, I hate to say it but that also sounds very cutlerish uh as well i mean there were times where it's just like oh god what's he going to do what is he going to do oh god and and the ball's in the air and you have no idea what's going to happen is somebody going to come down with it and there are times when when Jay throws the ball, please let it hit the ground. Please let it hit the ground. Please let it hit the ground. You know,
0: there, there were there were
1: days. I mean, you know, you definitely uh, definitely your butthole would definitely pucker up sometimes when Jay Cutler's back up to throw the ball. It would just be very interesting. Uh, and and you I know, I do
0: not miss last year at all. Yeah, I I don't miss that's
1: the last eight years of my life, buddy. So it's, it was, it was, there were a lot of good and bad days in there, but there was a whole lot of stress in between, man. Let me tell you. So Kevin, I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, I, um, you know, enjoy talking to you about these, uh, about this, this snake bit friend or this franchise that has, seems to have our number. And uh, I, I would really appreciate it if you guys could not do that this weekend. Uh, The game is going to be hard enough for me to watch because we're wearing our god-awful orange jerseys on Sunday. and um, I
0: will say that I thought that that was a brilliant move by the Bears to pull those back out and announce, hey, we're going to wear them the first time in Miami because you know the Dolphins wear that white so that the opposing team is in their dark colors. And with the canopy, you guys haven't been there since the canopy came on. Right. That canopy, it covers basically from like a line straight down the middle of the field all the way through the home sideline leaves the visiting sidelines, just baking in that sun. So it's done. It's designed perfectly for the dolphins to have an advantage. And now you come in there with that Navy. And it's like, yes. And then they said, Oh, we're going to be in orange. And it was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's, uh, it's as as much.
1: Yeah. I mean, as much as I'm going to hate to look at it because I absolutely just detest those orange jerseys. Um, I did also notice that it's supposed to be 88 and humid, uh, on Sunday. Yeah. So it, it could very well be a stroke of genius that we're wearing orange, uh, against the dolphins. It's not going to make me like those damn jerseys anymore, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it, it could work to our advantage because it's supposed to be ungodly hot in Miami on Sunday.
0: It's like when the dolphins break out their orange jerseys, they are gloriously hideous or hideously glorious because <laughs> they are so so ugly but at the same time you're like it kind of works it's weird yeah yeah
1: yeah. i mean it's uh i've just never been a fan um i i'm I'm almost tempted not to call them the chicago bears this weekend i'm i've been teasing that i'm (laughs) only going to call them the windy city pumpkins for the weekend just because (laughs) i i really do hate those jerseys so (laughs) the
0: bears went pumpkin spice on you i got it
1: yeah, that's what they did. They did in the fall, and it uh, was pumpkin spice, and debuted in Miami. So, yeah. So, but uh, Kevin, I, I appreciate you coming back on, and um, you know, what are where else can we uh, where else can we find you? Got the the podcast, and you're on SB Nation. Where where can we find you?
0: Absolutely, uh, Thefincider.com. dot com. Fincider is spelled P H I N cider. So everything is P H like dolphin. So thefinsider.com, on Twitter at thefinsider, facebook.com slash thefinsider. Look up the finsider and you'll find us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: Kevin, thanks so much uh, for, uh, for coming back on uh, and uh, hope to talk to you again real soon.
0: Absolutely. Thanks very much. Love doing it.
1: So what's it going to take to win on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins? Hopefully not much, <laughs> you know, it, but it's, uh, you know, we talked about it uh, quite a bit uh, during the interview with Kevin. want to thank him for for being on the show. Look forward to having him back on at some point. Um, we talked about it quite a bit that um, the the Dolphins are kind of an enigma uh, right now. They got off to that awesome 3-0 start. They beat the Titans uh, week one they looked good while they were doing it they beat up on the Jets and the Raiders but as soon as they run into two good football teams quote-unquote good football teams in the, the Patriots and the Bengals they collapse I mean they don't show up at all against New England and then they fall apart much like the Bears did a uh, week one against Green Bay they had that big fourth quarter collapse against the Packers the Dolphins had their fourth quarter collapse against the Bengals Uh, on Sunday have comfortable lead going into the final frame and the next thing you know everything goes upside down and then they're they're losers after having a 17 point lead going into the fourth quarter so not really sure will the real Miami Dolphins please stand up kind of thing with our football team just based on how we played week four against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the strategy is simple keep doing what you're doing You know, not that we're going to go around and sling it for another six touchdowns and score 48 points or or anything like that. It was more about the efficiency and making every play count the way that the Bears did against Tampa Bay uh, in in week four. You know, the, the offensive line was outstanding. They did a great job giving Mitch all the time in the world. And that's when he's at his best. He stays within his fundamentals. His feet are, you know, underneath him. He's he's clear with his with his uh, with his steps, and he he gets the ball to where it needs to be. And uh, you know, as long as we keep doing that, and mix in, you know, Howard and Cohen running the football, we'll be fantastic on, on, on offense. And then with the defense, the defense is is probably what's going to make the difference on, on Sunday because, and and it all kind of. Um, Hinges on whether or not Laramie Tunsel will play uh, on Sunday, and if if uh, if Tunsel does play on Sunday, I think the strategy is pretty much the same. It just you just have to attack uh, the Dolphins because you heard Kevin Nogel say that when he's under pressure, Tannehill's not as sharp as he is as you know, like on a designed rollout, he's the most accurate quarterback in football. But if you get him scrambling outside the pocket. And it becomes street ball, and all of a sudden he doesn't know. He's th- making bad throws, and and uh, and and what have you? Mistakes happen, interceptions, so on and so forth. So the the pressure, the the key point is is Tannehill. We want to keep after him. Um, we don't want to let Frank Gore get in uh, get in our way, get under our skin, and, and let him be be a factor in this game uh, at all on on Sunday because we don't want the Dolphins to get play action going. You heard him talk about the speedster Albert Wilson. Um, and um, Kenny Stills, uh, those guys are deep threats. We don't want the the Bears biting on the fake and then getting beat deep uh, for uh, for the big play. So it's uh, it's important to keep uh, Frank Gore bottled up so that the run doesn't become a threat so that we don't start biting on the run and getting beat downfield deep uh, for the big play. So, uh, But more importantly, we got to get after Tannehill and stay after Tannehill and hope we can force some of those Uh, mistakes that have uh, that we've profited from in these first four games uh, with the interceptions the turnovers uh, uh, and what have you we'll probably have a much easier time of that if Laramie Tunsil isn't playing on Sunday but I think we do it anyway maybe we even actually attack Tunsil uh, on Sunday if he does in fact play because you know concussions are a hell of a thing he might be able to pass the test but should he play on Sunday, in this in this age of the NFL, where we're trying to be so safe and and, and protecting player safety and uh, and what have you, maybe he should maybe that should be a mandatory thing. I mean, I know it's 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 not our team, so it's easy for me to say. But as far as the health of the player, maybe you, you know if you are deemed out with a concussion, then you're out for the next game, kind of thing. You know, even if you pass con- concussion protocol, just an idea. Not exactly a fan of the idea that I just came up with, but. In the, in the vein of, of public uh, uh, player safety, maybe not the worst thing uh, in the world and to throw the guy right back out there, especially with the opponent that's coming to town uh, on Sunday. So maybe we do. Maybe we double up and, and send the pressure at Tunsil to see if he can handle it. Uh, meanwhile, we're pressuring Tannehill into making some mistakes, and if it's not uh, Tunsil, then, uh, then, yeah, we just uh, pin our ears back and, and go get them. Uh, you know, Josh Sitton is not there. Kevin Kilgore is not there. So the offensive line that the dolphins thought they were going to have going into the season only lasted about a week or two before Sitton went down, I think with a, a torn rotator cuff is what put him out. So a shoulder, a shoulder injury. And I don't know what, what Kilgore went down with, but you know, this is a team that's, that suffered a lot of injuries early on uh, in the season and the bears are one of the healthiest uh, in the league. Uh, right now so we need to take advantage of our opponent's weakness and maybe the weakness will be Laramie Tunzel if he's out there and he shouldn't be kind of thing or we attack his uh, his backup and and force him to uh, make some bad decisions and and get after uh, Tannehill so we'll see how all of that goes uh, on Sunday I'm liking our chances I'm definitely picking the Bears to win uh, on Sunday and if you want to make that pick too be sure to go to my bookie and uh you know make sure you do it after 7 p.m get that extra 25 dollars if you use bear 20 bears 25 as the promo code and uh you know go ahead and enjoy yourself and, and make a little money and uh and enjoy the rest of the uh of the weekend so that will do it for the week six preview of the bears talk underground we will be back on monday hopefully another victory monday our fourth in a row and then getting ready for the new england patriots so that will be uh that's a matchup i'm definitely looking forward to now when i saw it on the schedule initially it's like uh i'm dreading that one i don't know how that one's gonna be they're coming to i mean we just have not played well against the patriots we have not been on their level and we have a legit team this year and i'm very very interested to see what this team might be able to do uh against the patriots and how mitch trubisky may be able to you know how the mitch trubisky will stand up against tom brady in their first matchup so looking forward uh, to that, but not looking past the Dolphins. We got to get through them to get to the Patriots next Sunday. So come on back on Monday. We'll talk about everything that went down and, and see what we uh, see what we got. Are we four and one and high atop in the NFC North? or are we three and two hoping to fend off everybody else behind us? So come on back Monday and we'll find out. So until then, my name is Larry D and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.